Greetings, kindred witches. Welcome to the Atomic Heart for this Sunday Haven. Here we share our experiences as we build a modern-day inclusive witchcraft practice rooted in nature seasons, celestial cycles, and the science of energy. Join us as we build a practice that learns from our past, is rooted in our present, and works toward building a better future, all while connecting deeply to the earth and sky around us. Let us begin a new era of witchcraft. Hi everyone, welcome to our grove here at the Atomic Hearth. This will be our second haven in the new format. Thank you to everyone who joined us last time and tuned into episode 81. We are so, so grateful for your support in this shift. And we're still formulating a Seattle-based meetup and we'll post where to find that information once we have it. Speaking of Seattle, we acknowledge that we are currently here on the lands of the Coast Salish peoples, more specifically the Duwamish and Muckleshoot tribes. We want to take a moment here to honor the ancestors of the land on which we reside. Thank you. As we gather in this grove, may we reach into ourselves and connect with the witch within. Please join us as you feel comfortable in saying these words. From stardust we came, and to dust we return. Earth and bone. Air and breath. Fire and blood. Water and flesh. As witches we gather, at one with the trees and the stars. So mote it be. Let us begin by connecting to the witch within. Settle in, making sure you're in a comfortable posture, whether you're sitting, standing, or lying down, and make sure your body has solid contact with the floor or surface beneath you. If thoughts come, allow them, note them, and let them go for now. They will return later. Allow your eyes to close or drift into a relaxed state. And let us connect with the element of air as we inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. And with each breath slowing and deepening, inhale and exhale allowing air with its nourishment and release to fill us, to cleanse us, and to teach us about letting go. Inhale and release. Inhale, feeling that atomic energy of oxygen as it enters through our nose and mouth making its way deep into our core, energizing and feeding ourselves as it goes, breathing slow and deep. And as we exhale, we return our breath to nature in balance, 
a release that feeds the world around us. Inhale. As we breathe deep into our cores, our bellies, each inhale and exhale giving life to the element of fire born from within, like burning coals swelling with each inhale and exhale, a small ember ignites deep within us. Each breath stirs and awakens our internal fire, the fire of our gut and passion of creativity and creation. Feel the energy from this center course through your veins as it carries rejuvenating life, spreading from your center downwards through hips and knees, ankles, feet, and toes. As it courses upward, a warm blanket for the heart, the strength behind the voice, down limbs and elbows, wrists, and fingers. This soothing energy releases the tension in the jaw, neck, and face. Let the energy of fire support and fuel you. Inhale and exhale. As the energy is carried through sinew and limb, the element of water in our flesh comes alive, jumping with electrons, dancing within our muscles and skin, releasing stagnation and clearing pathways of tension and resistance. Energy moves freely now, circulating along the body's rivers, a healing force that radiates down from the crown of our head, an ocean of deeply connected awareness spreading down through our face and neck, down through our heart and chest, and as we inhale and exhale, releasing, soothing, mending, as it makes its way down through our core and belly, down into our centers, down, down into the hips and knees. Inhale and exhale. The deep magnetic core of earth calls as we reach our feet, breathing deeply here, not just into our belly, but into our bones. Inhale deeply. Exhaling, a stretching and releasing felt deep within the roots and rocks of our skeletons. And as we exhale through our bones, we feel them stretching deep and down through loam and earth, connecting us to all that has come before and all that is yet to come, replenishing us. Inhale and exhale. Here we are aware, ignited, rejuvenated and connected embracing the elements that live within us, connecting to which, inhaling the hum of the earth and exhaling the chemicals of life who become conduits 
which awakens within, connecting the strands, seeing patterns in the web, watching the wheel turn. The sky, the earth, the sea, the mountains, each blade of grass, rain droplet, crackling ember, caw, howl, and song, interconnected. Together we breathe. Inhale, exhale. And as we exhale once more into this space and time, there's a reminder that we can always find this space within ourselves. We just have to clear away the clutter. And when we do, that connection to our earthly world, to which is waiting, when we are still enough to find it. Good moon witches, let's talk seasons, lunar tides, and celestial happenings. The full moon approaches and the climax of our first, first moon cycle after the solstice. So for those in the southern hemisphere, the long days of summer are starting to turn overripe. And with this, it's a reminder to harvest what this full moon brings before it grows oversweet on the vine. It's time to feast on the bounty of the metaphorical and actual seeds that were planted back in the spring. Elements of the vision board you created just as the ground began to thaw or as the days began to grow longer, maybe making a market appearance. And if not, don't fret. The next new moon cycle will offer a moment to reflect and correct. Maybe something just needs a little practical nudge or a little extra water, so to speak. For those in the Northern Hemisphere, we sit just in the moment I described above, where we are shaping the vision of our metaphorical growing season. Spring and early summer are peak times for attraction energy to run its course. You may not see the fruits of the labor until later in the fall, but the seeds that are planted during the springtime have potent power. As we wind up to this full moon, it's a great time to be dreaming and making lists of what 2024 might hold in store. Then, with the next new moon cycle, it will be about trimming things down a bit, getting a bit more realistic with that list. And then, as we wind up to the next full moon, it will be about manifesting that vision board and really laying down the groundwork for this next energetic season. Lunar Tides be with you. Welcome back and welcome to At The Hearth. Our goal during this time is for us to be able to share our craft from a personal place and to start a conversation around our working practices. So I'm going to kick us off here with our first question to the group. Um, since we are still ramping up into that great full moon energy, uh, what are you working on or manifesting right now between now and the full moon? And what have you taken away slash learned in this time? Uh, Jay, I'll toss it up to you first. Sure. Thanks. Uh, well, at the new moon, I set aside my ancestor one card um i did feel like i began i definitely began learning and connecting with my roots and boy it's, there's just so much to explore there it's such a big world uh, and i'm a big history nerd so it's hard not to just totally immerse myself but i i felt a pull to move to my next card so i'm gonna revisit ancestor work for sure but my next card 
which is what I'm I'm working on now is meeting the witch within, which I think is long overdue for me. And admittedly, being still somewhat new to my practice, I still don't fully know if I've met my witch within yet. I, I think we've been acquainted. I think we've had a couple brief exchanges and we've had some silent uh, nods to each other in, in my astral home and in my moments of kind of internal mindfulness. But I, I don't think I know my witch within that well. And so, uh, yeah, as a part of this, um, I'm actually going to allow myself, this is the first time I'm doing this, but I'm going to allow myself multiple moon cycles to really dig in here. Um, already in my first one, building up to this full moon, and working with this and and I've sort of doing things through a mixture of tarot and and some uh utilizing some crystals it's opened up some big questions for myself it, like bigger than i anticipated stuff about confidence um fear mindfulness under pressure things that i think i i'm excited to work on my my inner witch to kind of help me with and and work on together and so it's it's become a deeper subject than i expected but that's that's what i'm working on and i think my my plan is that on the full moon i'm gonna kind of have a real focused um kind of ritual moment for myself to sit down and and meet them and spend some time meeting with them and getting to know them uh ash how about you Oh, that was also good. Um, so I'm working through my sigils card. I think, you know, that was again, something I had wanted to try back in, I think June or July of last year with that good fire summer energy. Um, but, uh, life got in the way. So, uh, I'm focusing on it now cause I really want to include the, that kind of potent energy in my attraction magic for this spring manifestation. So I'm still on the basic set, but really loving how it started to change my thought process around letters, numbers, and really kind of any markings of any kind, especially signatures. I found them the conversation that Zakroff posed really interesting about how we make our marks. And it's always funny how we kind of circle back to visual language with things like emojis, which always is just kind of funny to me. So it's been really, um, I don't know, just enlightening and a little joyful to, to participate in. So that's been great. And then I've also just been working on a witch's wheel digital compendium. So, um, kind of building out the bigger practice and kind of marking a journey and building out resources for myself and for, for others, you know, it's really, I don't know, it's very fulfilling for me. So that's what I've been really manifesting and working on and working on that list for 2024. You know, what is, what are my words of the year? What are my um, mantras kind of thing? You know, for me, I'm, I'm saying courage. And for that, that sometimes looks like the courage to stand still or the courage to not look away or, you know, the, there, there's courage that can be not just action forward courage. And so I'm kind of looking at, at how that manifests in my life right now. What about you, Alyssa? Great question. Uh, loving hearing all of this, but um, well, very, very recently I did a total revamp of my altar. I guess it's just this sort of ramp up full moon energy, but I just felt a need to do it one day and I completely changed some things and got rid of some old imagery and items that I didn't feel were suiting me anymore, but I was still just kind of holding on to. So completely refresh everything, which feels really, really good. And my altar feels really good right now. So 
that's definitely something I've been working on. And as a revamp, um, looking to revisit my witch's wheel, especially we've done a new digital setup for it, which is really awesome. And it helps my brain better organize things. So sort of looking at that and then laying that out for myself and then gearing up with my focus for the upcoming full moon, as Ash mentioned, I, that, you know, she had some goals for the summer as far as the witch's wheel. I too had some goals. So re-looking at those, revisiting those and deciding what I want to focus on for this next full moon. And yeah, besides that, I, I've been feeling a need to start envisioning a new living space and I have no plans to move currently. However, my gut is just like, Hey, you need to start dreaming. You need to start dreaming of a new, new living space and start manifesting that. And I'm like, okay, okay. Instinct. I will listen to you. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm actually going to take some time on the full moon itself and to sort of vision board that a little bit and see what that ends up looking like for myself. Cause this is kind of out of the blue. I mean, I, you always have like the dream house in the back of your head, you know, but I haven't really felt need to bring it to focus until very lately. So excited to kind of pursue that and see what that looks like. But yeah, that's, that's what's working for me. I'll take the second question here, which is what are you struggling with and what's working well within your practice right now? Ash, why don't you go first? Okay. So a bit of an anecdote from the past couple of weeks, that has been both of a struggle and a success. So, um, for a home, I share a structure with a group of college students, kind of like attached duplexed. This has always been really interesting when it comes to the spirit of the house, which I've always felt a presence of. I also have a house spirit that lives in a lamp that's been kind of passed down through the family. So, um, I often have co many, many cohabitants in my spiritual, uh, space in, within my home. Um, and this past week, the fire alarm went off on the other side of the house. And normally, you know, it gets shut off pretty quickly. The, the, the folks are home, um, but it kept going off. And like, you know, there was definitely the safety part of me that's like, well, that's not good. Um, and then, you know, like I walked around the house, didn't see any smoke, whatever. Um, tried to get a hold of my landlord. And, you know, there was just like, I could tell that the spirit of the house was just riled. Right. And so, um, you know, I kept pushing and I kept pushing and my landlord was like, oh, it's probably fine, but I'll come over anyway. And glad he did. They had, they had, um, left the oven on and it was smoking. So that's never great. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's this kind of reminder that like, yeah, when you awaken the house spirit, it will help and serve you well. Um, it will, you know, um, kind of, look out for you when things are in distress, which, you know, like the smoke. <laughs> um, and I also think, you know, you can spend less time on wards if you learn how to connect with the spirits of a place or machinery. So uh, for those that are interested and are like, oh, how do I connect with my house spirit? I, episode 26 has some stuff in it, if you're at all curious. And really, it's like you talk with it, you raise joy within it, you live with it, you know, like you make your house a home, you put some care, you put some energy. And, you know, if you do end up moving into a place that has um, very little energy, sometimes that happens if it's a newer home, uh, you get to really build that from scratch and kind of manifest the house spirit and kind of call it into being. So consider that. And that's, you know, everything from like, if your house is filled with a lot of fighting or a lot of arguing, that is going to kind of, I don't know, permeate that energy, right? And so uh, the energy you allow within your home really matters. Uh, 
so yeah, you know, kind of spend some time connecting with your space and finding out what it needs. And, and that's been both a, um, a struggle and a success this, this past couple of weeks is like kind of trying to manage and soothe it. And, you know, after having gone over to that side of the house, which isn't really well tended for or cared for, um, I could just feel this like loneliness and sadness over there um, as like the house spirit is kind of like definitely living more in my space, which is fine. Um, but I also, you know, want it to feel like it's loved throughout its home. And so I've um, just been kind of thinking about how to make that happen. And then, you know, honestly, the world's on fire. And sometimes that's just daunting. I mean, whether it's personal crises that are happening for folks in your home or uh, the bigger world things that are happening from war and genocide to, uh, you know, this is an election year in America, so tensions are already starting to bubble up. Um, and so when it comes to practical magic, you know, sometimes it really just, uh, it, there's this understanding that there's like this limit of my sphere of influence. And, you know, it's different for everybody how, you know, I very much believe that that whole idea that you have a sphere of influence and the more power and the more people you uh, connect with and your bigger your circles, the bigger that sphere. And so you, you, there are folks who are going to have bigger imprints than me. And so I always just kind of am mindful of uh, what I can do and what I what I have to kind of preserve myself for. And also knowing that like sometimes it's about training and getting ready and prepping to, to be on the front lines of some of those bigger bigger things that are coming down the pipeline. But I'm also just reminded that there's a wheel we can't see. Like there's seasons we can't see of like seasons of civilizations and societies and eras. And I think like funnily enough, Game of Thrones embodied this really well when they said winter is coming. Because they sure as hell weren't talking about the yearly winter that comes, but rather the winter that comes on like a bigger scale every, every so many decades or centuries. And I just wonder if we aren't in one of those winters or headed into one or coming out of one. And, you know, in the face of that, I, I hit a lot of like existential dread as a witch. Um, and then I remind myself that that is kind of why I wrote The Covenant. Um, and what those tenants really mean to me to be a bridge builder, to be a weaver, to be a storyteller. Um, to know and be able to manage my own energy first and foremost uh, in order to manifest and make an impact. So, well, you know, the struggle is real there. And I, I just want to acknowledge that I, I know I'm not alone in feeling the, the weight of the world these days. Um, so just acknowledging that <laughs> there's maybe not a really good solution for it, but. All right, Alyssa, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely feeling that, uh, struggle with the weight of the world right now it's it's always something that has impacted me because I've been definitely like ever since I was a child like energy sensitive empath you know empathic etc cetera, etc cetera. so those things definitely hit me hard uh, so I'm right there with you and I guess like for me on my personal level um I've been coming across like Ugh, turfism in the spiritual and witch community a lot through my socials for whatever reason and it's just one of those things that really brings me down within my practice because I truly believe that this practice is for everyone it's for all genders I believe trans women are women and just to see these things sort of crop up once in a while just like hits me in my witch heart if you will and it makes things difficult and I just you know, in that mo in those moments when I hit those things, I just remember that we have this community where we are open, where we are loving, where we are accepting of everyone, and that there are other communities out there and other people who think the same way. And that really gives me hope. And that really, I don't know, it makes me happy to know that we're, we're out there doing this. Uh, another struggle I've hit is wanting to find magic in the mundane more, but not really knowing where to start. 
So I'm someone who like thrives on like whimsy and fantasy and magic and tapping into the witch within. And sometimes I find it hard to tap into those elements of myself, especially if I'm like in the office or I'm just cleaning the floor, et cetera, et cetera. So finding a little ways to tap into that. I did find, see like a funny little thing on social that people will dress up like a fantasy character, like they're a tavern keeper to do chores. So it adds that little bit of whimsy of like, oh, there's someone tending to like a tavern right now. And I really love that. And I want to find more little ways to like bring that and to bring my witchiness into that and just have that carry me through through days, through life, through work, through whatever I'm doing. So just like exploring that a little bit more and finding where to really start with that and what works for me. And uh where I'm really succeeding right now is I have been really working hard to create systems to hold myself accountable with things, um, whether it's checklists or journaling, or uh, I use this fun little mental health app. It's called Finch, and you're basically have a little pet bird, and you you know keep yourself accountable for different mental health things like whether it's like making sure you drink water or for me it's um working on my shadow work um going for a walk connecting with nature whatever and it's really helping to I'm really focusing on keeping myself accountable through systems like that right now and that plays into my shadow work and you know just making sure I'm taking care of the witch within and myself but yeah how about you, Jay? I feel like my answer is going to end up being a bit shorter than than you all because you said so much of what I would say, um, and I don't want to wildly repeat everything other than, yes, the Finch app is awesome, can attest, and uh, I suppose something I've been thinking about too with everything in the world events is is actually that idea of the sphere of influence. Um, you know, I, I try to remind myself that even amidst the big, big events going on. And, you know, we, there are names of people that are, you know, part of these things, huge influential humans who make decisions and, you know, have their own ideas that affect so many people as a result. But I try to remind myself that all, all of us, regardless of our external sphere of influence, we all have inner lives and inner, inner, inner desires, inner, uh, histories. And, um, you know, in that, I think for whatever reason, that gives me a little comfort of, well, if I kind of take care of my own inner life in my own small sphere and influence, help others, you know, in, in the small ways that I can, that, you know, these, these are the things that I can always do that are within my control. Um, and so, um, yeah, speaking specifically to my own struggles and success, I, I think, the struggle for me, kind of calling back to something I said, I think last time was, um, I do tend to struggle with this, this need to follow a dogma, a sort of rigid, repeatable, perfect, I'm doing it right structure <laughs> that harkens back to my years and years of Christian practice. Um, and it's especially hard when you're juggling a witchcraft practice with sort of on the calendar, non-witchy holidays, world events, health issues, appointments, you know, suddenly a card, you know, on the wheel could be up and you'll lose the whole lunar cycle because of other things coming up and that, that can really, you know, it can get me down and, and that 
that did come up a couple of times when I was working on the ancestor stuff. I know I will be coming back to it, but I suppose my work to to get around that and to feel better about that is not not worrying so much about these pieces of the wheel fitting into a specific cycle, but rather just allowing them to flow and allowing an openness and space of, you know, as I, as I just to use one specific example, as I kind of hold into this meeting, the witch within um, card, I, I just got this whole groundswell of feeling within my soul of, Hey, take your time with this. You don't need to rush through this one. And so I have no anticipated end date to, to this subject. Um, cause obviously it's pretty foundational and important and I, I want it to be important to me and into what, what my practice looks like and sounds like going forward. Um, similarly to Alyssa here, I've, I too have sort of restructured my altar a bit and some of the symbolism and imagery that I usually have grounded to, um, there's a few animals, uh, that have always been significant to me. And I think I just sort of grab them without thinking too hard, namely uh, crows, stags, and wolves, especially wolves. Um, I have been wearing a wolf symbol necklace at this point for years. And, and to me, it's always had some significance. I think wolves uh, and the way that they live in their communities speak a lot to the kind of patterns I want in my own life, sort of taking care of my sort of small but um, meaningful pack of friends and family, uh, taking care of the second week, the lesser, uh, putting them first in the community, um, protection, you know, uh, a lot of different meanings that hearken to me personally. But I think even all that said, I think my understanding of that animal specifically has, has still been surface level. Um, so I want to spend more time on it. So I, I took off my necklace, this cycle, and I'm allowing myself to sort of think on it and think on the symbolism that I choose and finding how it identifies with that witch within. Um, that's that's my focus right now. Awesome. Well, we all kind of talk a little bit about the the witch within, and you both mentioned kind of working on that. But what is stirring the witch within right now, Alyssa? Um, for me, uh, because so much of my practice is cottage based and hearth based and kitchen based as well. Uh, yesterday, I took the time out of my day to spend time and bake a really nice loaf of bread, and. I know that doesn't sound witchy off the top of the, off the top of my tongue, but um, for me, baking bread is a very grounding experience and a very in the moment, in the present experience because I have to be aware of how the dough is feeling and how it's rising and what smells it's producing and is it cooked fully? Is it warm enough? Is it? It's just very much in the present. And for me, I, I haven't in the past year or so really allowed myself time to do that. So this is my first loaf in quite a little while and it wasn't perfect, but honestly, just like getting back into that has really, really grounds me and really brought me back into myself. And uh, I've got a little starting today, not long, we're leaving not long after Haven, we're taking a little trip to a, a cabin just at the base of Mount Rainier 
here in Seattle or um, Tahoma, as it is called in the native language. And uh, I'm very excited because the energy of that area and that mountain is incredible. So I am just looking forward to sitting and soaking it up and connecting with that and connecting with the forest and just drinking it in. And I'm just very much looking forward to that and to tapping into that part of my witchiness. Uh, Jay, how about you? I think I have to say, and it was a bit unexpected, but as soon as I started working on this witch, meeting the witch within, fire, just fire, 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 everything about it, especially connecting with thinking on the atomic science of fire has, I don't know, it's just totally invigorated me in this work. Um, so sort of wherever it's coming up in my life, in my, or wherever I can fit it into my routines, I am. So that's, you know, focusing on the heat in a hot shower, um, the house heat in general. I just had our house heater fixed. It wasn't working as well. And now that it is working well, like that has provided this consistent warmth and feeling of fire. Um, hot brews, tea and coffee, hot foods, meaning like spicy foods, um, fireplace candles, all of this has been making me think a lot on fire and the presence of fire in really what I think is what I've, what I've got a lot of satisfaction from lately in that focusing on my inner fire and how it drives, how it drives just how I navigate my day, you know, asking myself questions like, where am I burning? Where do I let my fire like burn too hot, too fast? Um, or where do I just let it kind of peter out and I could use a little more? How can I keep that? kind of uh, very much a hearth type mindset. How can I keep that fire sort of burning, you know, at the right level consistently in a way that creates comfort and support and fuel, but not chaos and also not um, moments of cold or feeling a sort of a lack of energy. And so fire is, is just totally just uh, captured my mind uh, this this cycle and it is definitely stirring uh, all of my practice and all of my thinking right now. Ash, how about you? Ooh, uh, I have been very much looking to the horizon and we have been blessed with some really beautiful indigo skies lately as storms roll through. Um, and there's just something about seeing that color in the sky. It's got this ominous feel, but at the same time, I don't know, just, it's just beautiful. And you know, paying attention and marking the smaller seasons. Uh, I noticed the other day as I went outside, we saw the first sprouts of green shoots coming out of the ground from, I think they're little uh, tulips and lilies that I have in the yard um, and the velvety tree tips and first tentative bird songs. So I am just uh, leaning into hearing the world come alive again. And uh, we're not quite out of the, the thick of winter yet, but uh, I can, we can start, to, I'm starting to feel the shift happen, right? We're starting as we've moved a little bit away from the solstice, uh, I'm starting to feel the balance start to shift again. And um, it feels good. I'm, I'm loving that. And definitely using that spark of hope and that kind of, as you mentioned, Jay, about kind of that sphere of, sphere of influence that's with, within us um, and kind of just focusing there. I, I will say that one of the things that 
uh, I started, I, 2023, I took a break from things like Instagram and all that stuff. And in 2024, I was like, okay, I'm going to get myself back in. And I think honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I think I'm going to step back on that because I automatically felt a disconnect from the witch within. Um, it was too much noise. Um, so I, you know, I, I think, um, for me too, I think connecting with the witch within is, is making space within that, not even making space as, as I, have been told recently, it's about clearing the clutter, the spaces underneath. Uh, so I think it's it's really gonna be about that for me is, is keeping the clutter out so that witch can be present this year in moments when witch really needs to be present. As I said, it's kind of, you know, it's an election year here this year and um, I'm passionate about making, you know, uh, spreading influence and having good conversations that uh, help move us in a good direction as a, as a country. So um, yeah. That's, that's what's feeling my witch within. All right. Well, with this next section, we are going to open up the floor to all of you, as well as to each other, to ask some questions about our craft. You're welcome to ask questions about anything you just heard, or maybe you want to share what you're working on, or have a question, or need advice on something. Please remember that this portion of the recording is part of the podcast, and by coming on microphone, you are legally authorizing us to use your vocals in the broadcast. If you don't feel comfortable with that, no worries. Drop your question in the chat, and Jay will share it with the group. All right, well, uh, feel free if you want to raise hands um, or drop something in the chat. To get us started, i just going to reach back on some questions I, I kind of took some notes on and, and asked some things I wanted to like circle back on. Um, you know, I think, you know, Jay, when we're talking about these spheres of influence that are both internal and, um, external, one of the things that kind of struck me, and this actually goes back into a question we had in community time last time, which is the, the, the individualism that's kind of permeated the witchcraft community. And one of the things that comes to mind is I have this viewpoint in my astral home where we can, where I can get above everything and I can see great distances. And in those moments when I'm there, I, 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 you know, kind of envision all of the, everyone else, right. All of you, right. And all of your little like shoots of energy that kind of come up from your astral homes um, and a way to kind of see the temperature of the world around us. And it's always really interesting to me how that, that shifts on its own. Of course, that's, you know, <laughs> um, influenced by my psyche and all, all of that sort of thing. But I think that this idea that our spheres of influence, um, as you mentioned, Jay, kind of being small, we have this ability to also be connected like a chain. And through that, we can create ripples. And so I, I, I'm always just kind of thinking about that sphere of influence and how, you know, I might not be able to solve a war, but what can I do both practical and um, spiritually that will either make a ripple or connect with the next chain in the link? And I just, I'm curious, both Alyssa and Jay, what, what you guys think about that as you, as you um, kind of encountered that? Yeah, um, for me, I, I'm right there with you. It's, it's chain linking together. It always go back to uh, practical magic where they, they need more people to do what they need to do at the end of the movie. And linking together and even though the this group of women that gathers at the end of the movie they're not all witches like only a few of them are it still makes an impact and it still does what needs to be done and i think that connecting that energy together and chaining together and 
connecting those spheres of influence our own to each other is really important and impactful. Uh, I recall when we did a virtual witch storm um, when Roe versus Wade was up for debate and that was all kind of crashing down a few years back. And the energy that we raised there um, was so powerful and so moving, uh, even though it was just a few of us and we were online. It was incredible because our spheres of influence just met, merged and melded and we sent out this amazing energy. And yeah, that was that was an incredible experience. I I tend to agree as well, and I'll I'll speak to an, a smaller experience in that. That witch storm was was amazing, but um, yeah, I I have to struggle. <laughs> I just, I realized I wasn't struggling with it until I really started thinking about it. But now, boy, do I just jump right into that? All those thoughts and feelings of individualism as validation. Um, I mean, talking about following like a dogma and like doing things right. And um, even even this work of working on my my witch within and my own inner fire, um, I was reminded in my practice um, just this week that even that work is not in a vacuum, um, even if I think it is, because energy, you know, atoms vibrate, energy influences energy and uh, just case in point, um, had a did a little tarot poll um, recently that I was so convinced was for me about me, you know, and I, the questions I was asking and the intent that I had behind it was all about me and my own progress and my own sort of needs in that moment. And within three days, I ended up having a really powerful conversation with a coworker who was really struggling, was really struggling on a number of levels, but, uh, you know, without getting into real specifics and obviously to protect confidentiality, the general gist was loneliness, uh, loneliness and the feeling isolated, even while surrounded by people. Um, and in that conversation, we sort of both got to a better place together and it just hit me so much as soon as I, you know, got off the, the little video call with them, like, oh man, those cards weren't for me. <laughs> those cards, those cards were for me, but they were for me in my connection to others, in my ability to, to be a positive force in, you know, taking what I'm learning and taking how I'm growing and spreading that love, spreading that energy. Um, that, that was a lovely reminder that, you know, the, the inherent work of this, of what I feel is is our witchcraft practice here, this general atomic witchcraft uh, method is one that lends itself to constantly remind us that we are not, uh, we are always best served in connection with others and in the way that we build community together um, and not on our own personal achievements or, uh, you know, race toward mastery, um, but that mastery will never be achieved unless we are actually a part of the greater whole. Um, I love that question. Um, I I think I I could probably ask the next community question since I don't see anything else in chat or any hands raised. Um, 
we had another question, community question from Biula from last time. Uh, is anyone else working with the tree card from the sapling turn of the wheel? What kind of activities uh, are you are you engaging with that? Now, I'll, I'll actually answer that first because I was working on that not long ago. Um, I was uh, on a trip um, actually in a different country and it the timing of this and working on the tree card was sort of perfect because in my mind, I thought, oh man, I'm going to meet trees that I've never met before <laughs> uh, in this place I've never been. I, I'll have the opportunity to sort of interact with trees that don't normally uh, get a chance to touch the bark of or really you know, enjoy the shade of or appreciate the leaves of. Um, and so for me, that was sort of how I really immerse myself in the energy of trees and science of trees and sort of the ways that they um, create their own communities uh, by engaging with trees, a species of trees that I had never actually seen before. Um, and then in turn, that certainly built my own appreciation once I got home. Yeah, that's a great example. You know, uh, I think I provided some ideas that I had when I come up with this particular card what I had in mind because it is split into like tree trees one and trees two and the idea that I had with tree one was that it's about um, learning the trees that are around you right so you might collect leaves create us you know a stamped leaf uh, book or you might um, just learn to ID them right but that's par only part of the process I think in uh, our book wild signs and star Pass that we recommend he spends a lot of times talking about how you can tell from the branches on a tree, where the sun is, where the wind comes from. So really learning to read trees. But I think it's a good reminder that it's, these cards aren't meant to be like, hey, you completed in a moon cycle. It's meant that you started on a moon cycle and it's probably going to take you a year or more to really get through it. Because to me, you don't really understand a tree until you see it go through all of its seasons, right? You see it it, does it lose its leaves? Does it not lose its leaves? What does it create berries or fruits or flowers in the summer? What happens in the winter time? So I think, you know, it's also about this long journey that happens. And that's true of all of the cards in the witch's wheel. You know, they're not meant to be check boxes. They're meant to be kind of milestones just to help you, you know, just like markers along your path. They aren't the destination. It's always, a, it's a long journey um, and you will revisit things many, many, many times. Um, but yeah, I recommend in that first little bit, you know, I, I, I like to pick a tree, um, and kind of develop a, a relationship with it. So I have an, um, an ash tree, which, you know, obviously there's a, a connection there. They're also, um, you know, kind of known as like the witch's tree. Uh, and I have one right in my yard. And so I've, I've kind of developed a connection with it and, um, the moss that grows on it, the birds that live within it, it's, it's been a great relationship to develop over time right and it's not one that just kind of quickly happens listen what about you you're a tree human i am indeed uh gosh so anytime i enter my astral home uh i don't start at my home i start at the base of my tree there's this big oak i believe it is I I'm so deep in the roots. I haven't like explored this tree fully, but is there's this big, big oak tree that I sort of like come into my astral home. I'm just sort of like nestled in the roots and it's next to a little brook. And I always start there no matter what. And uh, I eventually I get up and I walk a small path to my astral home, but that's where I start. Um, 
for me, trees, it's all about like, yes, absolutely. Like knowing the science of trees, knowing how they talk to each other and knowing like what processes they go through, the importance they hold uh, is all amazing and incredible. But for me, it's the energy that comes from trees. I remember when we first uh, moved up here and we did our first hike in the Pacific Northwest, just the energy I could feel flowing from roots to treetops and back again and sort of how they all very much talk to each other. You can just sense it. For me, connecting with that energy and flowing with that energy with them is how I really connect into that tree aspect of my witch's wheel. Um, we've got a very special little tree out here out front of our window. And it's just an amazing little habitat because it's covered in moss in the winter when it's really damp. And then the summer, it has beautiful flowers and leaves. And it's always a home to birds, even throughout all the seasons. And it's just amazing to watch and to appreciate and to watch mark the seasons by it. So yeah, it comes back to the science, comes back to the mindfulness and knowing a tree and yeah, all to that energy and interweaving. Thanks, Alyssa. And Shay, we've noticed your hand is raised. I wasn't going to speak on trees um, and I haven't worked on the tree card, but some things that I have enjoyed doing are um, taking photographs with my phone of different things related to trees while I'm out and about. So like the moss that grows on a tree in my neighborhood or a really pretty pile of leaves that have been sprinkled with recent rainwater um, and like to go back and look at those just to kind of ground myself in a moment when I'm not outdoors. Um, I've also taken like hole punchers and cut kind of like tree confetti from leaves that are in my neighborhood and used those in different ways with my kid with different activities that we, we do together. Um, I'd like to look into which trees have leaves that are burnable safely indoors and kind of use those maybe in like a little, not necessarily a simmer pot, but maybe some sort of, I guess, smudging. I don't know what else it would be, but just to incorporate little pieces of leaves. We also like to find beautiful leaves and stick them. It's not really an altar, but it's a space where we put collected nature pieces in our home. But those are some things that I've done. Other than just laying my hand on a tree and feeling its vibrations and thanking it, but then the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was that I have had great success so far this year in building a tarot daily um, practice. And I'm using it for intuitive reasons. It's, it's not divination, but I've been really pleased with how consistent I've been. And I'm wanting to take the next step because in my journal, I've been documenting if I do something spiritual spirituality related each day, I give myself a little check mark and it feels nice to see that I'm doing something every day. And I've been counting tarot, but I think after this month is up, I'd like to not count tarot and try to see if I can track spirituality practices outside of that one, since it is so easy. This kind of reminds me of um, the discussion about adding magic into the mundane daily, you know, sometimes I'll stir my coffee and tell myself that I am energetic and things like that to just kind of build myself up in the morning. But I was curious when you all have felt your need to shift 
into not necessarily a new daily practice, but a regular routine of ritual, what do you have any tips for increasing that effort um, in your daily life or in your, your schedule? I can go ahead and take that. Thank you so much, Shay. And I just want to real quick clarify, especially for the community, because not a lot of folks use this, um, but the term smudging is actually very much a specific Native American practice uh, that is a closed practice. So we typically use terms like smoke cleansing or clearing, et cetera, et cetera. I was just blanking on what would be the appropriate, which apparently not term to kind of compare that to what I was kind of envisioning, but I haven't done it. All good. All good. Honestly, I see this term used a lot in the community, so it's totally fine. Just a friendly reminder for everyone. But um, yeah, so for me, typically when I hit that period where I know I need a change, it's very much, it's super instinct driven. Like my gut's like, oh, hey, it's time. It's time for a change. And so for me, when I know I need that change, it's sitting down with myself and sort of cataloging my witch if you will, sort of tuning in and being like, okay, what what do we need? I know you're telling me we need a change. What do we need? And really meditating upon that. And um, I recently received for Christmas uh, this journal that follows the phases of the moon and is a bullet journal. So I'll sit down with that and I'll record what phase of the moon it is, what I'm going through right now, and what uh, it's called being called up that I need do I need stillness do I need accountability do I need complete and utter change do I need maybe a new sweater from the thrift store I'm not sure so it's really sitting down and cataloging with yourself what that need is and then committing to that change or that need so for me uh, a big goal of myself is really committing to my shadow work this cycle And for that, I have reminders and I journal about it. So to keep myself on track, it also helps to have an accountability buddy that can remind you. Um, Hey, that's that's what we're here for, right? That's what we do. (laughs) Exactly. I'll open it up if you you have any thoughts, Ash. Yeah, I, you know, I, all of that, I'm also, I think one of the easiest ways to tap into daily witchiness is, is mindfulness, right? And it's one of the reasons that I really push it as part of a root of practice is that stillness within. Um, and then additionally, you know, I like to, to, to just feel extra witchy. I get into my grimoire, right? I start designing pages about things I've learned or things I want to make sure that I remember. Uh, I will also, this is where spell work and planning ritual work, I think is really, um, interesting and can be really fulfilling as you're like looking to kind of level up and bring that next level of something you could do daily in your spiritual practice, you know, whether it's, uh, a moon cycle sort of spell work. And it's about, you know, maybe you're, you need to, you know, uh, it could be as, it could be an, in, this is where in, in the Northern hemisphere, it's perfect prime time for attraction work. So anything you want to bring into your life is like, this is the chef's kiss time to do it. Um, so thinking about those kinds of things and even just, uh, being present with that self as kind of Alyssa was saying and journaling with it is a really great, aspect of that I think you're onto it you know with the idea that like when you are stirring your coffee I always think about it on an atomic level so I will stand outside and kind of just let my mind imagine what what things look like in atom form and how everything is connected that way and even those kind of moments will bring me into my spiritual self and then I would just say that you know like being witch isn't about 
you know, we don't have to have these bookmarks that we check or these, these things, we don't have to like say these prayers or do these things to be with, be with that part of ourselves, that spiritual part of ourselves. Um, we can do that just by slowing down and tuning in. And that counts just as much as like pulling tarot cards or anything like that, at least in my practice and in my experience. I agree so much with that. And I think the only thing I would add to that is in that mindfulness, um, what I like to do is ask myself questions. So I don't know, you might call it like a, a Socratic method, if you will, of, of figuring stuff out, but asking myself, like, what, why do I feel the need for a change? Or, you know, if there's a change, what, what could change look like? And keep kind of asking questions of those questions. Um, like right now, I, I've been doing a lot of work with this, um, which within and, and connecting it to my own practice and my question that I keep asking myself, which is it's a super loaded question, but um, is what am I afraid of? What, like, in, and bo both in, in sort of two ways of asking that, like what makes me so afraid, but also what am I, am I actually this thing that I am afraid of or that makes me anxious or that I worry about, is it really worth worrying about? Is it really worth getting anxious about? And sometimes those questions, those questions right now have led me into really powerful new places of, yeah, you know what? I've been hesitating to do X because of this fear or this worry. And so this is what I'm going to kind of work on in my, in my own uh, habits and rhythms to sort of, on a regular daily basis, just kind of break those down, piece apart those anxieties and see what it uncovers. Um, and Shay, I'm going to go to you next. I really appreciate the um, comment. I think it was from Ash about planning ritual work. Um, I find winter is a really great time to plan and I love planning. So I don't know why I hadn't considered, you know, I tend to do things in the moment. Like I just like open up my chest and I'm like, all right, what's yours? You know, like <laughs> what can I grab and what are the intentions here? But to plan it, I'm just a little bit, I feel silly how how much my mind was blown on that. <laughs> Don't feel silly. I, I, I will say that I have learned over time that part of which for me is a witch loves to plan, which loves to plan parties and gatherings and like, oh, it's all about it. <laughs> I need to, I, I, I feel like I could put some real thoughtfulness behind considering how my planning is part of my practice. It doesn't connect in my brain that way, but again, like it's the making the magic in the mundane. And I, I don't know why I hadn't considered that before, but I also, I wanted to ask you all if you have any plans or traditions that you like to do around, I guess, midwinter. So like February 3rd is smack dab between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. And I didn't know if you all had additional plans for your practices specifically for that date this year. I'll jump in real quick. Uh, so I tend to kind of do this based on how I'm feeling. So like I was saying, I'm paying attention to those smaller seasons and I'm feeling that tip. And I generally tend to feel it pretty astrologically right in between. So I don't necessarily go for the exact date, but somewhere around that time I will. So I've had my um, winter wreath and my winter broom up. So I, that will get a refresh. My winter altar has been up, so it will get a refresh. Um, and it's just kind of this like hint of calling in the coming season of spring and, and just being like, okay, now we're looking forward. Right. Um, so for me, that happens both here in February, it happens, uh, at all the cross quarters really. So, um, and that's kind of where those shifts happen for me. So I don't change my wreath and my broom and my altar 
on the equinoxes or on the solstices, I do them at those kind of cross quarter points. So that's, that's what I do. I don't, I don't know about Alyssa, Jay. Yeah, um, I don't do a lot. This is still very much a, a winter stillness period for me, but the one thing I do do that connects into my practice uh, is I start planning my garden because I've learned in the past, if I don't start planning in February-ish, then I get behind. <laughs> so I start planning my garden and I start envisioning what I want to grow this year and what I want to do with the earth and do with my space outside. Uh, and that is very much, you know, that time of year for me, especially right at the beginning of February, because there are certain seeds you want to start indoors right around that time. So I think I'll just echo Alyssa's, uh, Alyssa's comment that too, that's maybe less so about the garden, more about just the house. Uh, but yeah, same thing, kind of plotting out the spring, um, but planning. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. There's there's so much planning energy in which that um, I, I do uh, connect with very personally. And a little bit of that cleansing out the space too. I think Jay, you hit on that. That's a great example of that too. Of I, after a win, after you start to have been in winter mode for so long, you start to kind of dream of what change feels like. And sometimes it's just about reorganizing the space. And that I will say that I tend to actually do that as well around this time of like, oh nope, I'm going to move the couch or I'm going to uh, flip the table this way or whatever I can. I live in a pretty small space, so I don't have lots of options. But whatever I can do. Yeah. Hey, you moving a chair from one side of the room to the other can be you know, to make a huge difference. <laughs> um, well, thanks everybody for uh, your questions live, for the community questions from from before that we called in here. Um, and, you know, as just as a reminder, very much on that theme that if you are joining us later and listening, don't hesitate to reach out to us with any questions or thoughts that you have. As we wrap here today, let us take a moment to affirm our covenant as witch and stewards of this planet that we call home. If we listen carefully, we can hear it deep within the hum as it turns in tune with the cycles and seasons of life. The turning of the cosmic wheel. After the darkness comes dawn and after the day, sunset lays the world to rest. We honor this cycle, this ebb and flow, beginnings and endings of birth and death, and the path of which as we walk along the wheel, weavers of magic and manifestation. As which, we walk the wheel as stewards of nature, honoring and manifesting a cyclical balance. To the roots and bones upon which we stand, we give gratitude to that which came before. As which, we walk the wheel as a gatherer of community for this place we call Earth and for all the creatures and beings which call this planet home. We offer a safe, inclusive space. As which, we walk the wheel as keepers of wisdom, knowledge, and story. By honoring our past, learning, and making meaning, we carry forward the wisdom of those who came before. As which, we walk the wheel as bridge builders, finding shared visions of a more aware and sustainable future. 
as which we walk the wheel as weavers to know thyself in the energies around us. Through presence and attention, we shape and grow our craft. And so the wheel turns, and whether we feel its impact today, whether joy or sorrow, there will be a day when we too feel the turning, the circle of life. For we are all children of the trees and stars. We are witch. With the permission of our ancestors and blessing of our children, may the magic we raise weave a way forward. Some would it be. Some would it be. Hey, kindred witches, thank you for bringing your magic to this grove and gathering here at the Atomic Hearth for today's Sunday Haven. We look forward to coming together for our next Sunday Haven, currently planned for Sunday, February 4th, as we continue in this new format. As always, what makes Atomic Witchcraft thrive is all of you. So please join us again, engage us with your questions and thoughts anytime, and consider tossing a coin to your witches if you're able. The QR code here takes you to our Patreon. And up next is our Grove community time. Stay if you want, leave if you need. We'd love to have you.